Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of the Angular Architecture Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Matt Vaughn, and today we're going to be answering the question, do you see architecture? What do I mean by that? Well, today we're going to talk about the three elements of effective architecture, and if you're missing even just one of them, it might mean failure for your project. Let's talk about it. We're going to talk about architecture but the real question might be, why do we need to understand architecture? It's an important question. We see architecture and we use it every day. It's all around us. It would be difficult to go anywhere in the world in your single day without seeing architecture of some degree in place. So. Architecture not only defines the functionality of what something does or how it's done, but it is also in the aesthetics or how it's perceived or viewed or even used by the user. So architecture really isn't solely defined by functionality. Many times people recognize the the beauty in architecture. So I think architecture is a combination of both beauty and functionality and I think that's what makes architecture concepts so special so certainly architecture is concerned with proportion design and the science of how things work and I find it interesting that Leonardo da Vinci one of the world's most famous architects was fascinated with proportion, scale, and the science of how things work. Um, there are even books of his notes and drawings and some of his drawings that and thoughts that he couldn't even really build at that time because he didn't have the right tools and materials. But today we have the technology and, and tools and materials and we could use his designs and build things like a helicopter. So he designed and thought of those things way back then. But he devoted his entire life to understanding how things work together so that they could be applied to architecture or the design of uh, what he was working on. So I think definitely there's an artistic aspect to architecture, but it also includes the scientific one as well. And it really kind of depends on what you're building, if it has more science or more creativity, but really they are both there and both rely on each other. So many people think that software engineering is a scientific practice. However, when we consider how architecture is involved and we add creativity to the, this scientific endeavor, in fact, most of the time I think it requires more creativity than uh, science uh, to solve these problems. So we need to understand the key principles of architecture to be more effective when we build our software solutions. We need to have an understanding of the functionality of how, where, and when others use it. And before we can design anything that is useful, we need to understand why something is needed. If we can understand who is going to use the application and why they're going to use it, then we have most of the answers and a good understanding of what it needs to do. It is this understanding, I believe, that 
allows us to be more effective and to build better software. Today, when we think about architecture, we really relate it to tangible things uh, that are built like buildings, homes, other structures that uh, people use in their everyday life, like shops, bridges, community and municipal buildings, these uh, skyscrapers and homes, things like that. And uh, we live in a very technology-based world, and many of the things built today require technology and the same principles founded in architecture. So right now I'm going to move uh, this discussion into uh, three elements of effective architecture. So we'll just go over them briefly, and then I think in a future podcast episode, we'll dive into each one independently and more fully. So architecture is just more, it's way more than just design. Um, it's actually, uh, I think it's the process to create a design and a plan. And when you have that, it's really just the beginning. Um, and I kind of categorize this whole topic into uh, the number one element of architecture as experience. Now experience covers a lot of different uh, disciplines or um, ideas here. Um, for example, you could you could have the best design and plans for a project. Um, however, if the wrong tools or materials, uh, like the essentials, are, are chosen, um, the wrong tools, um, the outcome of the design might be failure, even though the design and the plans that were put together by experienced people, um, they chose the wrong tools or the wrong tools or materials were used or the, the tools uh, were not used in a proper way. So another aspect of architecture um, in relation to experience and essentials is the execution of the design. So those three things, experience, the essentials, and execution. Now, I believe you have to have all three. If you only had two of the three, uh, if you had a great experience, design, plan, you had the, the best tools and materials, but you didn't have good execution, the chances of success are pretty limited. And I really think it's a combination of all three together that creates this effective architecture and provides the, the best potential for success. So when we break these down, experience really is like the knowledge and expertise of the domain. Uh, usually there's some subject matter experts. Uh, there's product owners. Um, people know a business uh, or a part of a business industry and they understand the problem statement. They understand the issues and the things that their customers need and want. And they know the answers to who, who's gonna use it, what do they wanna do, why, and when do they use it and where do they use it? So what they do to answer those questions, they do analysis and design. They ask the questions, they detail out this information um, and they will create models and maybe diagrams and uh, you can have UI UX uh, mockups, you can have uh, class diagrams, sequence, sequence workflows, different things, different artifacts uh, that come out of this analysis and design phase. And when you have all that information, this, this experience or these individuals with the experience can then start planning and creating the plan uh, for the solution. Now the second one, essentials, is the tools and materials I mentioned before. Um, for software, it could be tools, it could be the IDE, 
your code repository, uh, repository, your developer tools? Um, are you going to use things like a mono repo? Or if you're an Angular developer, you're probably considering NX dev tools and uh, things like that. Um, you might look at materials as like your frameworks, like Angular as a framework or a platform, Nest.js, uh, your programming language, TypeScript. Um, you might even consider buying materials that are already built for you, like a UI control suite. So Telerik, Infragistics, um, uh, PrimeNG, um, those are just three. There's uh, tons more of uh, companies that build these UI control suites. So you don't have to build them. You just use these things to construct and build out what uh, your plan uh, uh, desires. And so your program language uh, in the frameworks, they really kind of make up uh, part of the tools and materials that you're looking at. But you need to consider these things together with your design and your plan and your analysis because they need to match. And just like you need to have that experience to know what the domain is and to understand the problem statement, you need to have developers that understand and know the capabilities of the tools that they're using. So you could create, you could say, yes, we're going to use Angular, but your team may not know how to use Angular. They may never have delivered or used this uh, popular platform before. Third um, aspect here. Uh, beyond experience and essentials is execution. So now that you spent all the time um, designing and doing analysis and creating this plan and then selecting the tools and materials you're going to use, then it's time to start executing that plan and you're probably going to use some form of agile scrum, agile kanban, scrumbon or something, sticky notes on a whiteboard, move them across, you kind of manage what's what work needs to be done, you prioritize that and you have some sort of process there. This is part of your SDLC. So this execution, this development to build and serve and deploy, you need to test it, you need to verify it. And a lot of these things in your SDLC, you're gonna automate. You're either gonna automate it uh, for your developers. Uh, locally, they will have some tools and some scripts and things that they can do and use to automate uh, these processes. But you're gonna have uh, automated CI CD uh, pipelines that will build, test, lint, um, uh, deploy and deliver the uh, application uh, to a hosted environment, uh, things like that. And um, those things uh, are all part of the execution process and you just rinse and repeat and uh, go through this all again. But while you're doing this execution, it's really important then you're, you're monitoring that what you're doing, what you're developing or building aligns with the plan. We're using the tools and materials that were selected appropriately and we are within kind of a spec or a specification of, uh, of, of the design. So there's a monitoring that has to be, that takes place. So you just can't have this uh, nice plan and design and select these great tools and materials and just uh, say, all right, there you go, developers, uh, tell us when you're done and we'll take a look at it. There's really this constant moderate monitoring and delivery of it. And oftentimes that's done in conjunction or, or working with a product uh, team or product owners uh, to do that. So, but um, that is really the, the three things. Um, so design and planning are, are pretty important. Um, architecture does include designing. So things, uh, so these things can be built with the functionality in mind. Um, 
other than that, there would not be anything special about these items. So if the design was innovative or unique or had a special appeal to the users, then it's something special. And it's a combination of what we talked about, the functionality and the aesthetics. It's, it's nice to use, it's easy. It's pleasing to the eye. Um, it's something what the users want. Um, they don't even have to read a manual. They can intuitively know how it works. So from this design, plans emerge as uh, the instructions on how it works, how it functions, um, but it's really on those uh, specifications of, of how it's built. Now, the tools and materials we talked about, it really kind of depends on the purpose of, of uh, their use. Um, you may choose tools and materials based on their characteristics, uh, uh, what they provide you. Uh, it's a single, it's a UI suite. Uh, how many controls do you need? Um, you look at the application and you figure you, the ones that are really important, which uh, UI control suites offer that. Um, also the question is, do you build or do you buy? So I think sometimes buying things that are already built um, by other companies or teams that have really spent man years of uh, effort on these things and they're the experts in that kind of category of uh, a tool or material, let them do that for you. So really the cost is pretty minimal uh, when you think about it. It, uh, it could be like the, the cost of maybe one or two developer man days and it's ready to go. And then most of the time you'll have support with that and then you'll have um, you know access to new versions as they come out. So. Um, and really, I think once, what's also important with uh, the materials you choose is that the, the UI UX designers, if you have that luxury of having uh, those guys on your team, the, these designers and workers also need to know the capabilities of these tools. They, they need to know what's kind of uh, available or capable to use. And when they match that to the, the plans and the, the designs of uh, what we need for the user, they can select and use and kind of combine or compose uh, the solution, the UIs uh, using uh, the controls that are available. So they're not coming up with some control that doesn't exist. And you're gonna spend a month creating something that doesn't exist. All right, so execution. Um, someone can do all the designing, planning, selecting materials, but if you're not following that plan, um, or you don't have anyone skilled enough to work with the tools or materials, then you're not going to have a finished product. There's nothing to admire. It's just going to be, I think, another failure. So, the question is, do you see architecture? Throughout a typical day in our lives, uh, think about the many things that we come into contact with. Look at the things that you use every day, the common things that you use without even thinking about it. You may start with questions like, who designed this? Where did it come from? How was it made? And what materials were used to make this? How is its functionality organized? And what is it about this item that makes it appealing or easy to use? These are some good questions because it, it starts making your mind um, think more analytically and when you have to design systems, um, your, your thought patterns will already be there. So you can um, start answering these questions. So there are a lot of things that uh, in life that we really take notice of. It, it could be just a simple home or a building, um, but sometimes these things really aren't that simple. Um, appliances in our home, they may look simple. They're probably not. Does everybody know how a microwave or a washer machine works or a dryer? 
Um, these electronics, you know, some of these, uh, even the software that we use, like on our uh, smartphones, uh, smart TVs, we can ask these questions about almost anything that we come into contact with. So we can have this practice and we can keep these questions in our mind, take a little bit of time each day throughout the day um, to look and examine things and then try to answer the questions. So what we're doing is learning to appreciate the architecture, the design, the creativity that was involved in creating that thing. So there really is a combination of science, uh, technology, along with creativity, and maybe I think more creativity than, than most. Um, think, uh, think about what tools were required or what, times of, what type of craftsmanship um, would be required by a person to even build or make such a thing. And then lastly, think about the people involved in the actual building or making or the production of that item. So it's the execution. What did they have to do to, to make that happen, to follow that plan and use those tools and materials properly that makes all these things simple. So the question is, do you see architecture? You've been listening to the Angular Architecture Podcast by Matt Vaughn. Hey, if you'd like more information about Angular or architecture in general, please visit the angulararchitecture.com website.